0: Well,
1: hello. <laughs> hello, my friend. Welcome to Dear Matchmaker. I'm so excited. You've decided to spend some time with me. This is my virtual hug from me to you. Welcome to the show. I am your host with the most matchmaker and dating coach, Kat Cantrell. Welcome to my little, my little uh heartbeat. Uh, that I love to share with all of you this uh labor of love uh for this show. I want to help you build your toolbox, as you all know. Uh, to become the most empowered daters to help you have a greater understanding and what is it that we can do to help you find your forever person and part of that is bringing these amazing guests to your beautiful ears Uh, and I have an incredible guest that I'm I'm I have for you today her name is Ingela. And Angela, uh, her and I have been uh, friends for quite some time, and I'm just so excited to uh, bring her to Dear Matchmaker. But before I go into her intro, I know that you can be anywhere else. And so I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for being uh, a part of the show. And for listening, and as always, this show is a labor of love. It is brought to you by my agency, TheHeartAgency.com, where we offer matchmaking, dating coaching, seminars, workshops, in-person events, live dating game shows. Which, by the way, uh, it should this episode should be released on Thursday, so the casting call is Saturday. So Saturday, August twentieth for men. And then August 27th for women here in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. No, you do not have to live here to be a part of the game show. Just know that you're responsible for your own transportation and for your lodging. But you can live anywhere and you could apply to be on the game show. If you can't be here for any of those two dates, just reach out to me, Cat at the Heart Agency, and I'll just send you your own little link and I can just interview via Zoom. Zoom, 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 done, done. So if you are adventurous and you're looking for a new and unique way to have connection. Uh, game for love is the perfect opportunity. The singles that were a part of it last time had so much fun that they're actually making a repeat appearance. Uh, and I'm really excited about all of that. So if you want more information, you can always go to the to sign up for either casting calls, get tickets to the show, all of the things, but, but, but before I go into, um, Ingela, I have something very special for you. You know, I love giving you all these little freebies, but I've been working on something for the last, oh gosh, six months, and fine-tuning a one-on-one coaching program for you, for men and women. And I call it the fitting room because I feel like the work that I do for when it comes to dating coaching is like, you know how you're going to try on that perfect outfit, Right, you're going to try on that perfect outfit for that that great first date or second date, and you have that uh, hype man or hype woman that's like, "Oh yeah, that looks good." No, don't wear this. Yes, yes, wear that. That's why this program is called the fitting room, and this is for singles who are like beating their head up against the wall, that are going on maybe multiple first dates who never that never end up in second dates, who find online dating frustrating who are just looking for different insight and knowing more of a greater understanding of what is it that you're searching for because studies show that what you're swiping on and really what you want for a partner do not match up. And this is where coaching comes into play. And I want to help you find love faster. That's what the dear matchmaker is all about. That's what all of the workshops and everything that I present to you is to help you find love faster. I don't want you to have to go through the years of, uh, crap that I had to go through. I want to help you skip the line. And that's what the fitting room is all about. It's a three month contract where you and I do a deeper dive and we discuss all the things. And I help you and set you up, uh, for success as you're swiping, as you're going on that dates, helping you decompress. What is right? What is wrong? What, what are the tools that I can, you know, I give you the very best tools that you need in order to have the most empowered dating life. Because you can listen to this podcast and, uh, take down notes, but until you actually have someone's heart into your own dating life, I'm able to really look at what's going on to shed some light. Uh, sometimes we repeat the same patterns over and over again, and I'm just ready for you to break the pattern. Aren't you, aren't you ready to find love? So if you are interested, I am putting my 15 minute call link in the description down below there are only a few spots I can only, between matchmaking and dating coaching, I can only take a few dating coach- coaching clients. So if you've been on the fence and if you've been listening to this podcast and you're like, yes, Kat, I'm ready, then let's do it. Let's do it. So book your fifteen, your free 15-minute call with me today. It's down below, or you can always go um, to theheartagency.com. Up at the top, it says coaching. And there's a little link right there that says a 15 minute free cat chat. It's open to both men and women. I hope that you'll schedule your call so I can help you find love before the holidays. Let's do it. Shall we? Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. You and me. Okay. All right. So I'm so excited to introduce Ingela to all of you today. So Ingela is um, Ingela Onstad of Courageous. Sorry, Ingela. I just. (laughs) Ingela Onstead of Courageous Artistry is a high-performing coach for professionals in the public eye. She helps clients feel more confident and grounded in high-stress situations and draws from her background both as a professional performer and as a licensed therapist. And ladies and gentlemen, the, the, the topics that we cover for you today, I just, I cannot wait. It really could be divided into three different episodes, but it's so good. So I hope that you're like sitting down, multitask for sure. What You you know, I know one of my clients, she's like, always cut the grass when I listen. Do the things, cut the grass, work out, cook dinner, drive in your car, whatever. This is going to be a great episode. So Ingela helps her clients build their confidence in stressful situations such as presenting, speaking, or meeting new people by utilizing tools that target anxiety management, voice, and body. And you can see why I'm having her here on Dear Matchmaker. would not have anybody else to talk about this topic. She is so incredible in the work that she does. She is just, her and I have been friends and I'm just, I'm so excited to share her (laughs) with all of you. So we're going to talk about first dates. Are you ready? We're just going to dive right in. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome Ingela Onstad to Dear Matchmaker. The beautiful Ingela is here with me on dear matchmaker welcome my
0: friend i'm so happy to have you here thanks my friend i'm so happy to be here it's a little bit um well we'll be talking about a situation before that i don't often talk about in yes. a podcast and i'm really excited to share this knowledge with a different group of people
1: yeah and i so ingle and i um oh my gosh well we we uh connected months ago. And ever since, ever since we connected, we, we just catch up every now and then with each other just to find out what's going on in in each other's worlds. And, uh, in our last conversation, it's just, I had like that aha moment where I'm like, why am I not bringing her on my podcast? And I'm like, are you, and I, and I felt so, it was like, it was almost like asking, you know, asking someone out. You're like, would you please <laughs> be on my podcast with me? And you were like, sure. So um, I just feel like your expertise in what you do, it does trickle over into dating and oh yeah, that's what we, we kind of stumbled upon that. Cause we were talking about giving tips about online dating, like you and I kind of like, cause you have single friends and we kind of were starting to, to talk about that. And then it led one thing led to another. So, um, if you don't mind, would you share with the audience a little bit about you and your
0: incredible work? I would love to. So I have a business called Courageous Artistry, and right now I'm labeling myself a public speaking coach, and that doesn't quite sum up everything that I do, but it becomes sort of a neat box, a neat way in which I can talk about it. Um, I come from a background of the performing arts, just like you. I was a professional opera singer for many years, and after that, I became a psychotherapist. <clears throat> I was seeing clients um, you know, in a community agency, and I really loved that work, too. And then I began combining my expertise and my knowledge of what it's like to perform in front of others with the anxiety management aspect of that. And so I work with performing artists, I work with people in the C-suite, I work with attorneys, I have worked with um, professional athletes before. I just got a call this morning. One of my clients made her Broadway debut last week. Oh my gosh, Um, that's so exciting. Which is very exciting. So what I really do is I help people become more confident in situations where they're perhaps lacking a little confidence. So in many ways, it's what you also talk about and do with your clients, uh, just coming at it from a totally different direction. So you and I had the idea that it'd be fun today to speak about how to manage first date jitters, because in a way, at least viewed through my lens and my experience, it's a little bit of a performance, isn't it? It is a little bit of a performance. And uh,
1: it's one of the reasons why I tell people to always go on a second date. If there is any kind of glimmer of, of connection to always go on that second date, because the first date is a part of that. You are performing, mm-hmm. but sometimes the nerves can get the mm-hmm. best of you to where yes. you feel like you're not presenting the best parts of you to somebody. And, yeah. you know, what P- I always tell people to keep in mind that both parties are both usually are incredibly nervous, mm-hmm. uh, cause they are sitting down and, and having, a, uh, and meeting each other for the first time, sometimes face-to-face yeah. and, uh, having not only are you like, Looking at the person across the table, like asking yourself, okay, is this could potentially be a mate for me? But you're also having to make sure that you're presenting the best parts of you, too. So it's like you're so stuck in this like ball of nerves. Mm-hmm. Um, do you find that when it comes to like, So you do all kinds. So I've been watching your reels and you Mm -hmm. give everyone like these, these amazing quick little exercises when Mm -hmm. it comes to speaking, like getting prepared Mm -hmm. for speaking. Do you feel that, um, with the exercises that you do, that something that that
0: could pertain to somebody who's like getting ready for a date. So to help calm their nerves. Oh, certainly. And really the work I do is applicable to any human With a body which is everybody and a brain which is also everybody um because it's all about managing our nervous system and learning where to find the gas pedal and the brakes in our nervous system and we're not really taught this we don't learn it in school we don't necessarily learn it from our parents but there's a whole bunch of aspects of our just literal biology that go into um, these nerves that we feel and whether we're preparing to walk on stage to give a performance or up to a podium to give a speech or we're presenting something on Zoom, or we have nerves and we're showing up in person at a first date with an individual whom we're interested in. It's all of the same things happening in our body independent of the situation. So I think it's cool to, to think about it to in order to help your audience. I think what we really have to take into consideration um, first and foremost and you can give me a little bit of feedback uh what you hear from your clients but yeah. I think for most of us when we go into a situation um, where there's something riding on it right where we've invested time money energy heart etc into wanting something to happen or preparing for it to happen like folks are doing when they are on the apps and having conversations and going through all of that we care we're invested We're there because we want something to work out for us we're not sure if it's going to work and that uh, sort of push and pull I want it, but what if Oh, I want it, or do I want that and and what if it doesn't work and what if I like them and they don't like me. Uh, What if they like me and I don't like them all of that it creates a lot of tension within us which is also part of the excitement right (laughs) Right, that's right yes Yes. (laughs) so sometimes these these jitters can be you know exciting and maybe manageable but i would guess because i've heard you talk about this before and you and i have talked about this before in our in-person conversations um that there are a lot of folks who maybe have invested already a lot of time with speaking with another individual via an app or via electronic or, you know, over the phone, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So we've already been spending some time, um, and we have made a personal investment in this situation. And my other guess would be that there you, you see with some of your clients that maybe they are delaying meeting the person in person a little bit too long. Right that they need to take action more quickly or that you're encouraging them to go on a date pretty soon after yes. connecting with an individual in order to talk to see and see if we have chemistry, et cetera. I would right. guess that some, you know, a portion of your audience and a portion of your clients are delaying specifically because of the nerves. Yes. Right, it's whether we call it a lack of confidence or fear or jitters or nerves, Um, and some of them might not even be aware that they're doing this, so I think the first step what i'm trying to say here, the first step for all of this is just awareness, where am I at right now with this situation. Am I nervous and excited because we can be both and they can sometimes feel very similar. Um, Am I more anxious than excited am I getting really self critical. What is What are my thoughts saying to me? What is my body saying to me? Do I feel that uncomfortable pit in my stomach? Am I feeling that kind of sweaty, twitchy, clammy hands, butterflies in the tummy feeling? And just to check in with ourselves and know where am I at, Mm -hmm. but try to do so without any judgment. Okay, so like I said, the first step would be just developing that awareness. And then with that awareness, we can kind of go into the second step, which is also developing compassion and understanding for ourselves, not getting all hard on ourselves because we're feeling this way. But normalizing this aspect of our nervous system and reminding ourselves that feeling nervous or anxious about something that we care about is the most natural thing in the world. So there's nothing wrong with us for feeling this way, and also it doesn't mean that something's not going to go well right 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 and then we can kind of get into the finer um you know tools in the toolkit but awareness and understanding and compassion i think are the overarching um, that's sort of the container for the the toolkit and then the the toolbox if you will and then inside that toolbox we're going to pick different tools that we can use one of the best tools i think that we can all use in any situation in life dating um work situations social situations whatever it may be is coming back to the breath and a very quick and easy thing that we can employ is what's sometimes referred to as an extended exhale breath so I could envision um a client of yours using this or somebody who is going on a first date using this when they are in whatever form of transportation they are in on their way to the date so for me I'd be driving in a car because I don't live in a community with a ton of good public transportation right, so if it were me and i'm pretending i'm going on this first date, while I was in the car, maybe even while i'm getting ready. I would start paying close attention to what my breath is doing. And I would begin trying to extend my exhale by doing this, taking in a really easy inhale through my nose. And then blowing or hissing out the exhale so we either are going to blow it out like we're blowing through a teeny tiny straw. Or we're going to hiss it out like a snake. Now, obviously, if you're alone, you can do the hissing. Nobody's going to hear you. Right. So the reason this works, I'll explain it so that people understand this isn't just some magic thing I came up with. It's literally attached to our physiology. We are doing the blowing or the hissing in order to create a smaller aperture from which the exhale is escaping our body, because if we just exhale through our nose or through a wide open mouth, we don't have so much control over how long it lasts. It all just kind of comes out in a big whoosh. So by creating that smaller aperture with our lips or our tongue and our teeth, we are controlling the speed at which our exhale is leaving our body. So what we're aiming here for uh, aiming for here is we're aiming for at least um, two parts exhale to one part inhale. So a one to two ratio, one part inhale to two parts exhale or longer. But if you do this blowing or hissing on the exhale, you're naturally going to do that. And you don't even need to worry about the percentages or the um, length of it. It's going to be just fine. So the reason this works is because for whatever reason, When we do an extended exhale, it speaks directly to the vagus nerve, which is responsible for calming our system. So the vagus nerve is a part of the parasympathetic nervous system, which is what's referred to as the rest and digest or rest and repose aspect of our nervous system. And let's be frank, when we are nervous, what we are doing is we are in fight, flight, or freeze, and that is the sympathetic part of our nervous system. So those jitters and nerves that we feel that's a mild form of fight flight or freeze, and we want to help our body get into rest and repose so that we can feel calmer more centered our heart won't beat as quickly we're going to feel more grounded. So using the breath is just a really, really simple way to get back in touch with our bodies and to find that break in the system, just like we tap on the brakes in the car this type of breathing taps on the brakes in our nervous system and when we're in that calmer state it doesn't it's not like an on or off switch it's going to be gradations of a phenomenon but when we can feel calmer and more grounded we're going to think more clearly we're going to be more present we're probably going to be less likely to show up to our date and start um, you know rambling or talking really quickly or maybe talking about ourselves too much or fidgeting all the little weird things that all of us humans do when we're nervous um and we can just be calmer and more present and hopefully i think this is the goal hopefully feel like we leave the date feeling like our more authentic selves versus so much of that performative aspect that you were just talking about right oh gosh this is so good And
1: do you, uh, I'm going to have to practice this myself because even though I've been a performer and maybe, maybe this is for you too. I've been a performer for so long. I still get nervous before I go on stage. Like I still, yeah, totally still get super getting those butterflies. So I'm going to have to practice this the next time.
0: Yeah. Do it. And the great thing about, um, you know, you, when you're performing as a dancer is, um, Our system fills with adrenaline and cortisol, amongst other Mm -hmm. chemicals and hormones, when we're in fight, flight, or freeze, which is exactly what's happening before you walk out onto stage to dance, right, or to get up and talk in front of the crowds when you're hosting big events, et cetera. When we are able to use our bodies in larger ways, like through sports or dancing or whatnot, it helps us kind of burn through some of those stress chemicals. However, when we're doing something like I do as a professional singer, when I get up to sing, or when you're just speaking, we're actually not engaging, obviously, as many large muscle groups when we're doing something like that. So my guess for you, and you can tell me if you agree with this or not, is that when you walk on stage to dance, the nerves probably exit pretty quickly oh, versus yeah. when we're just speaking, it's going to probably take a little bit longer to burn off some of that nervous energy.
1: Yeah. Uh, that you're, you're absolutely right. I, f- I find that Yeah. When I used to dance, it was, um, when I would first walk on stage, like it would just take as soon as the music would start and I would start dancing, then it just kind of goes away Mm -hmm. Yeah. versus being an MC in front of a large Mm -hmm. group. I feel like that first set or that first like intro when I'm, I'm like trying to get warmed up to the crowd and I'm still super nervous. But then after I get that first section done and I feel like I'm getting feedback from the audience and I'm like, okay. Now I yeah. can feel a little bit better. Now, now I'm I got in things it. going. Yeah. Now mm-hmm. I'm in it. That's exactly right.
0: Well, and if you think about it this way, Kat, this is what happens when we're speaking as well. Um, You know, what I would like the listeners to understand is speech. Our speaking voice is carried on an exhale gesture. Mm. So if we are getting up and let's say speaking in front of a big crowd, if we can challenge ourselves to really just sort of extend our sentences for as long as our breath lasts. And then to make take another quick inhale and then to keep going like i'm doing right now right think about it that's exactly like the ratio that I was talking about before. In the one to at least two so that makes sense biologically what you're saying once you have spoken in these longer sentences for a minute, two minutes, three minutes, whatever it is your body's naturally getting into that rhythm of quick inhale longer exhale. Yes. Whoa. Isn't that kind of cool? Right. That is cool. <laughs>
1: uh, that kind of blows my mind. And I think, you know, I didn't think about implementing like a, a breathing, like routine before you go in for that first, you know, going for that first date. Like I've always told people, you know, where the, you know, wear something that's your favorite, wear wow. a favorite fragrance, um, you know, show up I always encourage you, no matter if it's a coffee date or if it's going out for dinner to just show up like you care, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you didn't just roll in from Home Depot that like, yeah, you show up, you know? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and when I was, I mean, when I was, um, single and I was going on dates, I used to go on dates on my lunch hour, but I would get excited because as I was getting ready for work, I'd be like, oh, today's going to be a lunch hour date. So I'm yeah. going to wear this, this, or this. So I, mm-hmm. um, just, giving you different tools in your toolbox, which I love that you said that, because that's something that I say all the time to kind of build your confidence up enough to where you're able to walk into that date to where you're more engaging with your date versus like you said, all you're doing is talking about yourself, which I've had people say that where they've walked away from dates and they're like, God, how the person did was talk about themselves. And I'm like, mm-hmm. but was it nerves? Cause that's what we do is to fill up space, right? Yes. We're just like, we just to, you know, just because we are so nervous and we mm-hmm. talk really fast and, and we fill up the space with what, instead of, you know, asking, taking a, a breath and taking mm-hmm. a sit back, you know, sitting back and being interested in the person, not interesting. Cause we're all mm-hmm. interesting. But one of the things you want to do on a date is always be interested, asking questions, that. leaning in. Um, but being, doing some breath work before you go, can, and just keeping that in mind as you're sitting on the date and just kind of being more mindful of, are you pushing away or are you leaning in? Right. So pushing Mm -hmm. away to me is the talking really fast. And it's, it's almost like it's creating like this visual barrier, like you're like not allowing them any space to come in. Um, and I, to reference back to what you had said about the delay of meeting someone, Mm -hmm. Um And because of the insecurities, because of lack of confidence, yeah, because fear. of the fear of judgment, the fear mm-hmm. of, of rejection, yeah, all of these things come into play. But I feel that if you are presenting yourself as authentically yourself, that you're already setting yourself up for success more so. Mm-hmm versus I've had people that have uploaded old pictures. I've had people mm-hmm. who lie about their age. Mm-hmm. I've had people who lie about their location, their relationship status. Like all of these things yeah. do play a part. Oh, sure.
0: In your nerves. Uh, yeah, and it, it all comes back, back to, to fear. fear. Yeah, right. It all comes yes. back to fear. That's and I so think we, we're we not always aware of that because um it's so primal. It's almost like it's, you know, on this back burner and it doesn't, you know, show up at our door and announce itself, but right. the fear, the insecurity—that's all. You know, really based in in these very primal feelings of rejection and judgment. Am I good enough? Right, worthiness. All of these things, and you know, this can also be influenced. And this would be another tip that I would like to share with your listeners. This yes. can also be highly influenced by the way we're speaking to ourselves. Oh, detail. Now, I don't mean positive affirmations. I always like to give that disclaimer. Right. I will say positive affirmations will work for some people some folks who are maybe more on the optimistic and positive side for them positive affirmations might work great. Um, But i'd say for the remainder of the population, we have so much low quality self talk, and I think when we feel like we're under a microscope, as we are when we're engaging on something like a dating app. Where we feel like we are being picked apart and what's all also really scary about it in a way we can't even see the people who might theoretically be picking us apart. We can't mm-hmm. even see the faces, right. right? Whereas if we walk in a room to an event. Yeah, some people might not like us, but at least we have the sort of visual and emotional feedback of other bodies and faces in the room that are providing us with real time information it can be painful in other ways. yet. On something like app you know I I work with clients on zoom presentations if they're presenting to a big group of people like a client of mine had a presentation for her company of 20,000 people, but all online. But just the concept of even 20,000 people staring at you is mind boggling when we can't see any of them it's sometimes for our brain even more confusing because mm-hmm. our brain can go really wild imagining all of the bad things that could be coming our way and to be truthful that's really our brain's job is to protect us and keep us alive right. so it likes to see possible dangers uh, lurking at every turn and corner because it's trying to protect us right so um you know for your clients who are struggling with feeling really vulnerable or fearing being, being visible. What I would suggest for them is to begin doing something like journaling and paying more attention, what is my internal self talk. And I challenge my clients to come up with like their five to 10 top hits because once folks start writing these down they find it's a lot of the same garbage over and over and over again. Our brain doesn't really get all that creative with the bad things it says to us about ourselves. Right. It's just kind of the same same crap, different day. So once we can identify these on a piece of paper, they're right in front of us. We can see them, black or white, in on this paper. Um, we can no longer uh, ignore them when they come up. We're gonna then begin to start tuning in a little bit more and say, "Oh, there's that message that I like to repeat. Ah, oh, there's that one. Ah." Oh. And once again, sort of back to that original step I mentioned of just developing awareness here we're developing awareness to our cognitive uh, system versus our physical um, and then once we do that we can begin working to transform that self-talk into something kinder and more helpful i'd say a lot of our self-talk is very hurtful very negative very critical things that we would never say to any loved one or person right. we cared about and we will turn around and just say the absolute worst stuff to ourselves so rather than just try to gear into positive affirmations What I like to work on with clients is to help them create a type of thought that is going to be realistic, yet more kind and helpful. Maybe, um, like the type of way we would speak to a child who was struggling. Let's say we had a kid who didn't know how to read. We wouldn't just tell them to say to themselves, I'm the best reader in the world, right? Because that's not helpful. They know they can't read. There's no hiding that fact right but we might say something to them like hey kiddo even though you're struggling with reading right now i can see you're putting a lot of hard work into it and i know with you really working on it and putting time into it and getting support you're going to get better and better all the time mm. Right. So we are going to just recognize that there might be aspects of ourselves or I think appearance is probably a big one that comes up for folks. Yes. Um, that you are working with. There might be. So let's focus on that right now. There might be aspects of our appearance that we're not fans of. Right. And that's okay. But if we are going to speak to ourselves and call ourselves terrible names because of it, this is not going to lead to us being more confident. And also research shows it, it doesn't actually lead to us to, us making lasting changes. Like, let's say somebody wants to drop the quintessential, I don't know, whatever pounds, you know, whatever, whatever BS Insert like come up with, right. Insert whatever BS our brain likes to tell us. Um, you know, to, to tell ourselves, oh, you're just, you're so ugly and disgusting and you need to lose weight. It's so gross. Is actually not particularly motivating for us. Right. But if we tell ourselves something like, I know you're not, I know know I'm not quite happy with where I am right now, but here's what I do like about my appearance. Yes. And even if we started something like, wow, I have a great left eyebrow. If it's as small as that, right, we got to start with something and say, "Uh, here's what I do like about myself. Yes. Um, Or, or yeah, to just, just find these ways in which we can just be realistic yet helpful and kind um, so that we are constantly improving the quality of our self-talk. It makes us I think overall more compassionate individuals to other folks as well. Yes. Um, yes. but compassion begins, you know, with myself, if I can be loving and kind to myself, I'm much more likely to be able to be loving and kind to someone else.
1: And, uh, compassion is one of the key components of having a successful relationship, honestly. Oh, yeah. in, and you have to learn compassion, just like you said, it's it's something you have to show for yourself and it's something you it's imperative to show towards others. And which is something that I, I feel like I try to teach is, you know, we're, it's so easy to point the fingers at the person at the other side of the table, but we really don't know their journey, their own story, what's brought them Mm -hmm. to that point. So even just showing compassion right off the bat for somebody else. Um, and you know, understanding that they're trying to do their best and you're trying to do their, do your best. Um, it's interesting you bring this up, ingla because when, um, when I used to coach women on self-love and, and women empowerment and part of, you know, was a lot of, a lot of these women coming to me and saying, I hate my body, right? So I hate my body, or I need to lose this amount of pounds before I love my body, or um something along those lines. And I had developed this program, which I called Secret Wardrobe, which was literally taking the clothes out of your closet, getting rid of the clothes out of your closet that don't fit you anymore, and taking them through this process. And one of the one of the one of the key components to that, to that program was you don't have to love all of your body today. Cause it's a lot easier to say, well, just, it's like, I don't love myself. We'll just love yourself. Like, yeah, like- <laughs> right. Oh yeah. As if it were that easy. <laughs> and it's not, it's like, oh, you're depressed. Well, don't be depressed anymore. It's like, it's yeah. not, it's these things aren't a switch, Mm-mm. but I used to tell them the same thing where I was like, okay, so you may not love your body, but tell me your most favorite asset. Mm-hmm. Cause you don't have to love all of it, yeah, but most likely there's something on your body that you love. Hmm. And then dress to showcase that
0: asset. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Yes. And by focusing on that one part, it will start to change your perception of your body because you'll start to love it. You may not love all of it, but by Mm -hmm. just starting this little loving and dressing to where you feel like a million bucks, because you're showcasing, showcasing this asset, Mm -hmm. then your perception of your body and your attitude towards your body changes. So
0: yeah, Certainly. I love it. Yeah, and it's the same with any other characteristic whether physical or mental or emotional. Right. Um Yeah, and you're right, it's not as easy as just saying, "Oh, well, just you should just love yourself. You're amazing." What are you talking about? That never works for any of us. It might feel good for a half a second, right? it's it just it's it's not lasting change. So we right. want to have a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset when it comes yes. to things like this. It's okay if you feel really really nervous at first to dates. But rather than give yourself some messaging like oh I just I suck at first dates I'm always so nervous and I feel like I make a fool of myself or I'm just so I get so weird I feel so awkward and then I judge myself afterwards, you could also just say, whether internally or out loud to yourself. You it's okay that you get nervous on first dates it's normal to be nervous in new situations or with things we care about, but with time you're likely going to feel more and more comfortable with this yes we're just, we're opening that door of you are capable of growth. You are capable of change. It's not all going to happen today or tomorrow, but (laughs) if you put a little bit of attention into it, maybe you even just do a little bit of breathing on the way to the date, or maybe during the date, you remind yourself to kind of feel your body in the chair that you're sitting in, for example, right? You're sitting in a coffee shop and you're feeling really nervous talking to this person. Ask yourself a question. Can I feel my sit bones or my thighs on this chair can I feel the sensation of the chair underneath my thighs can I feel my feet inside my shoes or can I feel my feet on the ground this is just a split second awareness exercise but by doing that we get out of our thinking 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 frantic brain and we tap down into the body Mm. and we just become slightly more embodied in that moment and we all know just from a sort of felt sense when we are around someone who seems more calm and grounded in themselves. We just, we pick, we pick that up, right? It's like our sensors pick that up. And generally speaking, well, okay, this is another interesting thing. All of us humans have an aspect of our nervous system called mirror neurons, which means when we're sitting across from a person who's either really hyped up or really angry or really sad, we tend to mirror that. Right? right? So let's say our date is really nervous, and we can tell they're really nervous, we are going to feel probably more nervous, right? So if we can then tap into our nervous system by using the breathing or using some awareness, we can bring ourselves down a couple of notches. And hopefully, we don't you know, we're not fully in control of this, hopefully, the other person can then also come down a few notches.
1: Yeah. You can help them put and put them at ease. Yeah. And, uh, it's interesting. Cause you, yeah. The, the mirroring neurons, they, um, this goes for when people for connection, like that's how people can connect is by you, you will feel more of a connection with someone. If they're mirroring you, you'll mm-hmm. feel more of a connection with them than somebody who doesn't. And it's it's interesting because when I do these speed dating events, like I mm-hmm. can tell who's really good at mirroring mirror, mirroring yeah. uh-huh. because they have, they have most of the matches. Like there'll be two or three people at my speed dating events that get matched or like that everybody is romantically interested in. Them. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so I call them like super connectors. Like they're really good at reading. They're really mm-hmm. good at mirroring. Like they're really good at, at leaning in and being yeah. interested and like, <laughs> and sometimes you know um these same people can have chemistry with multiple people because they're just really good at that they're not they don't have maybe the nerves that everyone else does when it comes to a first date
0: yeah or they've, a developed, a, a yeah, they've right. developed a skill set yeah they've developed a skill set or um yeah they or they were you know just grew up in an environment that that modeled that for them yeah and isn't that interesting it kind of it shows us too that so much of it like you said it's not about appearing interesting it's about being interested and i think that we can also only really do that we can only truly be interested in another person when we are not so caught up in our nervous cycles in our head that we're constantly going what should i say next how could i be funny and engaging what could i tell them about myself to impress them yes but when we can be present when we can hold some eye contact when our bodies can be at ease and the cool thing about this is that it doesn't have to be 100% at first. You could try to find a position in which your body feels more at ease, even if you don't particularly feel at ease inside yourself. Mm -hmm. But if you put your body in a position that a person's body would be in if they were more at ease, Mm -hmm. generally speaking, these are more open postures. We are not hunching over, we are not crossing our arms, we are not shrinking down, but we're keeping our bodies nice and open. That's actually the position of a human or an animal for that matter, who is feeling non threatened because, and this once again, just goes back to the biology, which I find so cool when we that. are very open versus very closed, closed is actually a way of literally protecting our internal organs against threat. Mm. So when we are sense. having very closed off body language, it is signaling to the other person that we somehow feel threatened or afraid. Um, generally speaking, that's not probably the impression we want to make on a first date. So go ahead, feel afraid, feel nervous inside of yourself, but try to see if you can put your body in a more open position where we are really kind of thinking more open in the rib cage and sternum area, um, because that would be the position we would be in if we truly felt at ease. Yet, if we put our bodies in these positions, it's just like when we use the breath, this is the same exact concept. We can calm the physical system without having to feel calm in our heads or in our emotions. Mm. And then it has a kind of a domino effect. Right. Whoa. Uh,
1: You know, one of the things that um, we can get caught in, and this is some advice that that I give to, and you can tell me if you agree with me or not. But if you don't know, cause a lot of people are like, I never know what to say. Cause I'm always like, don't conduct your first date as a job interview. Right. Yeah. <laughs> because we re, we revert to that because that's oh, comfort. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's like, what do you do? You know, mm-hmm. how long have you worked there? Tell me about your family. Like the Mm-hmm. the 500 questions about the stuff that really kind of, I mean, it matters, but it doesn't really matter. What matters mm-hmm. is knowing, are you on the same page? Do you have the same values? Mm-hmm. Like, are, can you hold a conversation? Mm-hmm. And I always find it really interesting because sometimes people are like, oh my gosh, we had a three hour conversation, but there was no chemistry. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> was there really no chemistry yeah. <laughs> or is it that, you know, the person did fit into the box that you wanted them to mm-hmm. fit into, but that's, sorry, I, I digress. But, um, what I tell people sometimes is instead of getting all caught up in your head about like what to ask, it's to go into that conversation as if this person is a family member or is, has been your friend for a long time. So like you walk into it as if you already know them. So like, you can say a story like, Oh my gosh, it's the craziest thing on my way here. This is what happened. And my sister called and like, (laughs) instead of like, and so breaking the ice in a way to where, instead of like sitting down and having this awkward, um, silence and trying to like, figure out the questions to actually approach it as if you've already known them. Cause you kind of have, I mean, you've already been texting each other. You've already been having somewhat of a conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, but to go into it with a more, to put it, putting it in, not having so much pressure necessarily on asking the right questions, but just going in and just like telling a story or just like being yeah. yourself.
0: Yeah. I like that because I think what this speaks to Kat is, is likely kind of, you know, piggybacking on the same concept I was just talking about. Yeah. It's a little bit of the fake it till you make it or. Yes, like exactly. Fake it till you become it, which I kind of like better. Yes. To um, we get so hyper focused on content. So whether I'm working with like a public speaker preparing a speech or we're talking about it for people dating, mm-hmm. we get so focused on what's the right thing to say? What's the right, right way to respond? What are the right words to use? What's the right way to ask this question? And we hyper focus on the content. And what I think is really important for your listeners to know is that some studies show that the content of what we we're saying is only about seven to ten percent of what's actually landing with the person across from us. Yes. Because I read that what as well. they, right. What else are they taking in? Well, primarily our face, body, and voice, yeah. not our words. The words are a very small percentage. They're taking in, you know, of course how we look and assessing that we all do that. No harm. It's just part of the process, right? But we're paying attention to how people move. We're paying attention to how their voice sounds, how quickly they're speaking, uh, what inflection they have in their voices, the actual quality of their voice. Is it a higher voice? A lower voice? Is it scratchy? Is it clear? Um, and we're making, uh, we're taking in information based on all of these factors. What is their face communicating is somehow what they are saying, but the um, disconnected or is there a is there a disconnect between words they're saying, but how their body appears. Or are they trying to act like they're very cool and um, relaxed yet their body is giving away a lot of nerves Um, Mm -hmm. and we're, we're reading all of this information so yeah I think this is maybe speaking to the power of visualization. There are so many cool studies out there that show that if we sit down to visualize a thing successfully, it significantly contributes to our success rates when we actually do the thing. They've even done this in studies, I find this so fascinating, where one group was literally building a bicep muscle with a weight, and the other group was visualizing building a bicep muscle, no weight, no movement. And then when they tested the subjects in both groups at the end of the experiment, The group that had only visualized let me be clear, they were literally sitting still just thinking that they were lifting a weight had almost as much muscle growth as the folks who lifted the weight does that not blow your mind. That does.
1: Really? (laughs) I um. Well, I heard of a similar study that was done with piano. Learning how to play. Mm, That's exactly
0: the same. Yep, that's the next study I like to quote. Same with piano. It's going to be the same. All sorts of uh, sports figures use visualization. This is what's taught in sports psychology, and in my work with a lot of my performing artists or my my folks who are doing more performative activities like public speaking, I'm constantly talking about visualization. In fact, I I told you before the call aired that I have um, a client who recently debuted on Broadway. And I spoke to her this morning and it's been a whirlwind because uh, of circumstances. She she got the call that she was in the show and she went on stage two days later. So imagine the nerves that come along with this, even if you've been training to do this for a very long time. And I said, I want you not to be singing constantly in your time off and preparing. I want you to be visualizing Having everything go well. Because if we think about it this way, this is also, I find this so fascinating. We are actually always visualizing. Sometimes we call it future tripping. We also yeah. call this worrying. When we are worrying or future tripping, we are not in the present moment as it stands right now. We are envisioning all the what ifs and all the bad things that could happen in the future. Right. That is a form of visualization, my friends. It's just visualizing a lot of negative outcomes, actually. Right right so we can our brain is fantastic at visualizing but if we can direct it a little bit more and say hey brain you're really cool and you have all this power to visualize all this stuff into the future and you're doing it all the time how about we spend a little bit of time five minutes ten minutes a day steering you in the direction of what if i visualized my way through this date going really successfully Mm. yes maybe i'm driving in the car and i'm thinking of how i want to feel during this date how i want to come off to the other person how i want to feel in my body in my emotions how i want to feel in my thoughts in my brain and you know obviously this is best case scenario but the more we use this amazing capability of our brain i think the more we can be successful at many many things in life including dating right and instead of i um
1: the visual piece. And then also the speaking piece as well, where, you know, I always have the saying that the words that we speak become the house that we live in because we listen Mm -hmm. to ourselves. Yes. And if you're like, why do I bother? The stage is going to end up like another one, like the same, like you're already setting yourself up. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, Basically, doing what you just instead of visualizing, mm-hmm. you're just speaking. You're predicting the future.
0: Yeah, you're um, and you um, and you've got visuals, literal visuals that go along with it, right? You're visualizing right. all the times the dates didn't work out and all the quote unquote jerks out there who didn't like you back or whatever it is, right? You're right. Yeah, you're you're um, spinning your wheels in that uh, neural rut, so to speak, mm-hmm. and you're not giving yourself any possibility that things could change, right? and I
1: feel like with the um it's interesting the the visualization because i used to with my with my dance studio so i was run i ran my dance studio at night and i would work corporate during the day and i did all the choreography for the studio i never physically moved my body to choreograph i would choreograph in my head as i would drive mm-hmm. to and from work just by listening to the music i would envision myself mm-hmm. moving around and then when I would get to the studio I would just go okay what was I thinking and I would put those movements together and boom I was done. Yeah. Yep. Like that's the power of just being able just to think and being like, Certainly. okay, this is this is what it's going to look like. And it ended up being it ended up looking that
0: way. So yeah. 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 And I would suggest for your clients and and the listeners to even visualize how do I want to feel when I'm driving over in my car or in the subway on the way over, or how do I want to feel in my body, in my emotions as I'm walking into the cafe, as I'm walking into the restaurant, how do I want to feel afterwards, which is when many of us go into that shame spiral and and self-judgment spiral of, oh, was that the wrong thing to say? Oh, was I weird here? Oh, what were they thinking when, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the brain is so amazing, and it's really, it's our friend, and it's trying to keep us alive, but you know, part of our survival instincts are being able to predict dangers that may come towards us so that we can be ready. And, you know, we we don't live in, the, in a world anymore, at least those of us listening to this podcast where we're literally being chased by lions and tigers and bears. So, you know, first dates are the new lions and tigers and bears, right? Being on the apps are the new lions, tigers and bears. Right.
1: Um, yeah, I, that's what I do with my clients, my one-on-one clients when they hire me. Uh, I have them sit down and write out what does love feel like? Mm -hmm. to them. I
0: love that. Yeah.
1: Instead of being like, this is what the way it is. And this is what's supposed to be. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. let's anchor back to what, what does it feel like to you to be loved? And Mm -hmm. sometimes people have never really experienced what that is. And then that becomes a whole nother discovery part of, of, you know, the work, but yeah, I think Focusing on the feeling and anchoring that feeling into your body can help a lot too.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I love that. I love that for your clients,
1: <laughs> the yeah. way go you,
0: because that's so that's so beautiful and it's sitting in the realm of uh, possibility versus impossibility. Right. What yes. could be in my wildest dreams? What could be? And of course, then noticing how the brain wants to come up and go, not for you, sister. Right, where it's like comes in and rains on our parade, but to just go. Okay, Hush you over there peanut gallery. What if I could just imagine that this could go well and that I could feel this way? Yeah. Um, heck in all things in life, right? Not just right. dating, whether That's it's in right. our careers, our personal lives with our health, whatever it may be. But yeah, our brains are so powerful and so often I don't want to say our enemies that might be taking a little bit too far because really they're our friend and they're, they're why we are alive, right? They're the reason we don't like run out into traffic or something like that is because our brain is constantly protecting us. Um, but yeah, especially in today's world, it's easy to become sort of overprotected because we barely have to leave our houses for anything anymore, right? right. If we don't want to. um And then going, walking outside, as many people have said, you know, during whatever phase we're in of the pandemic for a lot of people they're still not emerging into public or it feels scarier to emerge into public now so yeah we we need some skills I guess is my (laughs) kind of you know tip that I give everybody don't we can't just assume that we're supposed to feel good we might need to develop some skills to help support ourselves in these courageous ventures that we are undertaking whether dating speaking performing it's all kind of one and the same in terms of the way our nervous system reacts to it. Right.
1: Oh my gosh. Uh, it's like the saying where women, um, they just expect, like, I had, um, I had an encounter with a woman, oh my gosh, oh, it's still like, is like in my heart, like, mm-hmm. Um, when you just, uh, on occasion, you'll just have people that say things to oh, you and yeah. it just like, it just sticks with you forever. Um, and I was telling her about the work that I was doing and who I was. And, and she said that her husband had died. I don't remember. It must've been 10 years ago. And she said that, um, and she hasn't dated since then. Cause she, cause she said that if God wanted her to be in a relationship, he would have already delivered him to her now. And I was like, Ooh, Yeah. Wow. Wow. So instead of like, like there's this perception that if we're supposed to be in love and maybe this is another podcast yeah. topic, <laughs> if we're supposed to be in love, it'll just like come to us. It's mm-hmm. not like, you know, that we don't have to go out and get out of our house and yeah. say yes to a date. And I, I mm-hmm. had a same conversation with a girl at this past karaoke and she was like, man, and I really want a relationship. And I said, right. You have to go on dates. Like mm-hmm. that's yeah. part of the process. It's not the UPS guy. And all of a sudden he's going to drop his package. Right.
0: <laughs> Good one. <laughs> I love it. And then that's it. the two of you in
1: love, you know, mm-hmm. um,
0: you have to put forth the effort. You have yeah, to. Yeah. And you know, we're living in a time and of just more and more anxiety and depression and other mental health issues and we see it in our younger generations and we see it in the amounts of folks who are being diagnosed and i think we are in a very sort of defensive and scared and overwhelmed state by and large in society and there are many reasons why that is so and i i don't i'm not blaming anybody for feeling that way um on the contrary i want to just normalize that and say yes this is this is a courageous act that you're doing yes But, uh, do you really want to get to the end of your life and look back and say, wow, I'm so glad that I never took any risks and never tried anything new. Right. No, I don't think so. I, you know, in fact, there's whole books that have been written about it. There's a great book called five last regrets of the dying, but written Mm. by a hospice nurse. Oh my gosh. Right. And it's it has a lot to do with people's just overarching wishes for their lives. And I I don't mean mean for this to sound morbid, but I think it's helpful to sometimes contextualize it and say, we've got this one life to live as far as we know. Right. And how do we want to live it? Um, I for one, and this is my choice and your choice can be another choice, but I for one don't want to let my life pass me by without having tried some things and risked some things, because I don't regret any of the things that I've tried and failed at. Right. I don't think most of us do Um, and also I think there's this sort of um, underlying assumption that we make if we're feeling vulnerable if we're feeling fragile if we're feeling insecure. By not engaging in new things we are a not able to break patterns that we're in right and those patterns can sometimes be destructive and be holding us back we're also not engaging with the world. We're also not giving ourselves the chance to fall on our behinds and learn how to pick ourselves back up again. Right. Right. Likely when you are in the dating world, you will get rejected. Yes. yes. Pretty fair to say in your yes. experience, hundred percent. Right. You, mm-hmm. There's probably no person out there who goes every day they go on is a screaming success and everybody wants to be their partner. Right. We are not for everybody, nor do we want to be. Right. right, I don't like the same foods as you like, for example, I mean I don't know but i'm assuming right, we have different favorite foods, we have different favorite kinds of music, we have different ways we want to dress and decorate our houses and all of the things. And that is good that way if we all like the same stuff so that means that we're taking a risk of not being liked or not, you know, not connecting with with that person and having to face the rejection or whatnot but guess what if we do that and we learn how to shepherd ourselves through that process we develop new skills and tools and we develop I believe more resilience yes and if you really feel like gosh I can't and I'm not resilient enough and I can't handle it that might be a sign that you need to talk to a professional yes sign that there are some unresolved issues from some point in your past or many points in your past um, because humans do not thrive in isolation they just don't babies don't thrive in isolation it literally will kill us um and so we are we're meant to be living in community whatever that looks like for you i know the sort of you know romantic ideal in the western world is that one partner that you're with but heck you don't even know what kind of friends you might make if you go out on dates right you might really connect with somebody in certain ways and not others and you might develop a new friendship it also enriches your life i'm sure that happens to some of your clients
1: yeah, it's um especially uh, in in-person events, I, that's one of the things, the disclaimers I always say where I'm like, this is all about connection, whether yeah. you're going to make a friend, whether you're going to make a boyfriend or girlfriend or a romantic mm-hmm. connection or a platonic, it doesn't matter. You're, this is all just about connection yeah. and About and about being around other people and meeting new people. And when you, when you take away that pressure, like, Oh, I'm, I'm here to find, yeah. uh, my one and only, and just mm-hmm. being in the moment and just being like, That's in, that's the advice that I give to people when they go on a first date. Where I'm just like, just go have fun. You're going to meet someone new. Like Mm -hmm. no matter what comes of it, you're going to meet somebody new who's exciting Mm -hmm. that you're interested in. And Mm -hmm. if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. It's okay. You're just that one step closer to finding that person who is going to work for
0: you. Right. And P.S. You and I, I know both do a lot of networking for our businesses. Right. We go to events now. This is a long-term investment. I view it as right. I'm planting seeds for my business. Yes. And then I come back and I water them and I make sure they have sunshine. And it's not my responsibility to actually get in there and like make this little seedling sprout. Right. That's just a process that's going to take care of itself or not, right? Some of my seeds will sprout and others won't, and that's okay. Yes. But every person I make, every interaction I have, I don't know who those people know. So sometimes right. it's not even the people we're meeting, but it's the people that they know, right? You don't know if... um I was just at an event this weekend and a friend of mine was there and she introduced me to her other friend and I said, oh, how did you guys meet? And she said, oh, we met on Bumble and we went on a couple dates and then we just realized that we were like meant to be friends and now they hang out all the time. And I just thought of this guy as her friend, so-and-so, and I didn't realize that originally it had like a, been an attempt at a romantic thing and it just wasn't yeah. a connection, but you know, here she was bringing him to this event because they're buddies now. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You never know. <laughs> Yeah. And I, (laughs) I think
1: uh, it's, 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 that's the advice I always give people too. It's not necessarily in who you're meeting. It might be in who they know. And so Mm -hmm. by denying yourself an opportunity for connection with other people is really denying yourself an opportunity for love. And it's not just the romantic love. It's just the love that we have for each other as individuals and people. And just, we all, like you said, we're not meant to be in isolation. And I feel like sometimes, uh, singles will come to me and they'll be like, I don't need a relationship. I'm like, it's okay to want and need a relationship.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Actually you do need relationships in your life. So, you know, it's, it's okay to be happy being independent and single, but, but right. It's, it's, uh, it is it's so it's so tricky we I think we oftentimes view ourselves as failing at something if we're not yeah. in the standard idea of what society has told us that love should look like right. and really it looks that way for very few people it's you know it's a journey with with hills and valleys that all of us go through yes. um and I love that idea and I feel like there's an opportunity for some change in self-talk there right if you're driving to your date and you're maybe paying attention to your breathing. You could out loud remind yourself, I'm doing this to make new connections. That's and right. I don't know what could come from them. Yes. Um, there's a client of mine, her and I have been working
1: on that too, where it's in, instead of putting an agenda, like, oh, I'm I'm here for romance. to just being like, I'm here to make connections. And that's it. Yes. 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 And that becomes like her, that's like her reminder. Mantra. And her
0: like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the, like you said that I love, what did you say before the house? The, uh, the words we speak become the house we we live in. Mm -hmm. I love that one. I'm stealing that from you. Do it. Yeah. I'll give you credit. Um, cause I haven't heard it before. So I'll, I'll say you're the creator here. and I don't remember. I don't remember. I know
1: I didn't come up with it. I, I read it
0: somewhere where I was like, oh my gosh, this is like, so true. So
1: well, I wish gonna, I could, give I'm going to credit you credit. from now on. But. Okay.
0: Okay. <laughs> but right. So when we can just, when it's true, the way we speak to ourselves c- consistently becomes who we are and what we believe beliefs, right. One way of thinking about what we believe is beliefs are just thoughts that we've practiced over and over and over again. Right. Yes. They That's aren't so like magically true. inserted into our being. You know, they, they are things that either people have been saying a lot around us, right? If we grow up right. with negative messaging, which, hey, who didn't in the world in some way, shape, or form, right? right. What society says, what culture says, religion, all of these different factors that influence us, um, family of origin but we do have the power to change them. And, uh, that I find is the most fun thing, because if we can put ourselves in a stance of empowerment, Hey, I might not be happy with where I am now, but I can change. And by change, I don't just mean drop those last 10 pounds or whatever, you know, silly things we come up with. I can, I can become kinder to myself. I can become more loving to myself. Yes. And I don't know what, what is sexier than that? Like to meet somebody right. who's really like kind to themselves and and tolerant of their own imperfections on you know in in these crazy human bodies and lives um that's a pretty attractive characteristic agreed agreed (laughs) for my money (laughs) yeah and i uh
1: i think that there's something to be said too about there's um there's so many things i want to say when you first, when you meet someone and they're showing you their flaws in a way. And mm-hmm. what I mean by it's, it's not necessarily the self. I don't don't like when people put themselves down in front of yeah. other people, like, oh, these are my mm-hmm. flaws. And like, they'll put themselves down. Yeah. In fact, I catch more men doing that than women Interesting. now. I know. Um, well, maybe it's just the, the men that I'm talking to that, that they will like, they'll email me like these and I always push back and be like, what do you mean by this? Like, what do you, what are you saying by this? But I think just to the human aspect of just being authentically yourself, whether like you, the good and the bad and the ugly and everything in between, um, really can help connection because Mm -hmm. you can see a lot, again, it goes to mirroring and like, you can sometimes see yourself within that other person and it it can really help strike up conversation and make things relieve the tension in the room for sure
0: yeah it's it's that whole I am not for everyone and everyone is not right. for me. I don't want to date everyone in the world so why should I have the expectation that everyone in the world should want to date me and if they don't that means I'm somehow flawed less than yeah, yeah. it's it, it is it's so gosh we are so we're so complicated and yet so simple and we can make life so hard on ourselves and it's just sort of my mission and I think yours as well but just in different ways to help people yeah. recognize that they're worthy they're doing just fine as they are. Yeah. If there's some things they wanna change, there are ways to do that. We can grow, we can learn. Um, things are possible. We don't have to just be stuck in one way, um, in one version of a life that we're not quite satisfied with. And yeah. also if we fail, and when we do fail and fall down on our behinds, we will pick ourselves up and we will keep going just like a baby. They don't just stand up and walk, right? They they scoop, they crawl, They they hold on to things, they fall down on their behinds how many times, yet they get back up every time and go, I'm going to learn to walk. And then as adults, I think we go, well, I should know how to walk by now. And I don't. And so that means something's wrong with me, right? Just using that one as an example, obviously. But we we don't, we don't bring that kind of childlike attitude of growth and curiosity and learning. We, we, we condemn ourselves for not being perfect in XYZ way. And then we make it very finite. Like, well, I guess I'm just stuck this way. Too bad for me.
1: So true. And I think when it comes to love and dating, there's no handbook out there when we start dating and, or especially when we go through a divorce and start dating. And so people sometimes to me, they're like, I don't need, I don't need to pay to figure out how to date. Like, I don't need to pay to like, but you know, I always push back and say, but there's no guide, like you're stuck, right? When we're all stuck in a situation and what you're doing, isn't working. Mm -hmm. So you can either repeat the same cycle over and over again, expecting different results, which is Mm -hmm. the definition of insanity, or Mm -hmm. you can work with somebody like yourself or me to help them get out of their own ways so that they can grow. So they can become that higher version of themselves. They can Mm -hmm. continuously work to achieve their goals, whether it be standing on stage in front of people Mm -hmm. or finding love in their lives. So,
0: yeah. I mean, people out there listening, give this woman your money, give Kat your money to help you (laughs) if you are struggling. (laughs) Because <laughs> I know her and she's amazing at what she does and so kind and funny oh, and warm glad. and inviting. No, you are. You're just tremendous so at what sweet. you do. And I, I fully agree with you. And what I hear in all of that is something I also work on with clients, which is examining what we call a cognitive pattern or a cognitive distortion yes. mm-hmm. having to do with shoulds. Mm. I shouldn't need a person like Cat. I shouldn't need to learn how to do these things I should have this figured out by now I should know what to do people should want to date me right there's all of these shoulds and shoulds are just these sort of invisible bars that we set really high way above our heads out of arms length and we're always jumping at them and grasping at them so we might be able to transition that into something more helpful and realistic saying while i would like to have love in my life already or while i would like it if i wasn't struggling with this i recognize that this has been hard for me and there's nothing wrong with asking for some help in fact
1: i um i was going to tell you about this there was a study done in um let's see hopefully, please sorry there was a study that was done in psychology today Mm-hmm. that um said that they um that dating apps and a drastically changing relationship landscape is the rise of lonely single men. Mm, that more and more men are becoming it's it's difficult for them to find connection because of all mm-hmm. of these things. And I think that men even more so are the, they're the shouldas more so than yeah. probably the women are where they're like, well, mm-hmm. I should have, you know, this is mm-hmm. how my life should be at this point. And
0: yeah, all these little, like, yeah. So it's, um, I'll have to forward it to you. You might find that. interesting. Yeah, no, that's very interesting. I mean, it kind of confirms, you know, my, my general impression of when I listen to friends who are are dating and using the apps that there's a lot more that women have sometimes an easier time, um, you know, being approached, et cetera. And, yes. and yeah, and, and, you know, it, of course, and this would probably be a whole other podcast too, but it says a lot about what our society expects out of women and what it expects out of men and what our society expects out of women and also I think you know, having to do with a lot of our biological wiring is we are the sharers of information little girls do face to face play little boys do side-by-side play. So there's sort of less opportunity for men to develop the really deep connections. And I'm speaking in really broad, very yes. over-realizing strokes right, right now. Yes. Um, because uh, my husband is not like that. And, you know, I know many men that are not like that. Right. Um, but yeah, there's it. it's sad for me to think of these folks out there feeling like, well, this is, you know, I just, I can't figure this out and I should and, being afraid to reach out and maybe even try to build other relationships, building friendships. Yes. Right. Building work colleague relationships. It's just a terrible tragedy that there are 8 billion of us on this planet and that people still feel lonely.
1: I know. I know. breaks my heart actually. Yeah. Yeah. Mine too. Well, do you, um, do you have any final tips for, yeah for I my think, audience yeah just we maybe covered maybe such incredible <laughs> like, as you're talking I'm
0: like what am I going to call this episode like there's yeah. so many
1: good things <laughs> in this episode I don't even know what to call it
0: yeah I don't know I'll maybe I can help you brainstorm a title later yeah. but um I think you know develop your awareness of your own experience mm-hmm. leave out the judgment recognize that this is a normal way to act in these situations these are normal feelings to have whether physical or emotional it's normal to have a lot of self-deprecating self-judgmental self-critical thoughts Mm -hmm. yet once we develop that awareness we can begin changing things in small ways for ourselves and these things can be as simple as doing some extended exhale breathing exercises on our way to a date of using journaling as an aid for us to help us become more aware of our internal thought landscape um, of you know hiring people to help us with things like this if we feel really trapped in these patterns Um, and just to watch yeah whatever messaging we're running around with right because it's impacting us it is
1: it is Well, uh, Angela, where I'm going to put all of your information, of course, in the show notes, but where, where do you hang out? Where can, where can my people find you?
0: Yeah, they can find me on, I think, almost all the socials nowadays, but um, I'm probably most active on Instagram. I do have a Facebook and a TikTok, um, or I'm spending a lot of time on LinkedIn lately as well. um, And all of my socials are at Courageous Artistry, And LinkedIn is under my full name, Ingela Onstad. And even though I'm a public speaking coach and you may feel like this doesn't quite apply to dating, if you follow me, I try to do a live every week or every other week and share some tips on how we can manage our nervous system, how we can appear more confident in front of others. And I believe that all of this applies to folks who are out there in the dating pool as well. 100%. Well, I'm so glad. I
1: don't know what took me so long to get you here, but I'm so glad. Thank you so much for being on the show. My I pleasure, so much, and I hope me to have too. you
0: again soon. No, this just feels like a, a conversation we'd be having, anyways. Know, exactly. into a podcast, so we it's did, great. We did.
1: <laughs> well, thank you, Ingela. Thank you so You're much. You're so welcome, Cat.
0: <laughs> All right, my
1: friends. I know it's a little bit longer of an episode, but wasn't it worth it? Oh my gosh, I'm. Thank you, a huge, gigantic thank you and hug of appreciation to Ingela for being here on Dear Matchmaker. Thank you so much uh, for listening and for being a part of the show, my friends. And remember, I only have a few spots open for coaching, for one-on-one coaching for the fitting room. So if you are interested, I highly encourage you to book your 15-free, 15 15-minute 15 free call. You can just click on the link in the show notes, or you can go to theheartagency.com. Up at the top, it says coaching and click your and schedule your free 15 minute call with me today. All right. Thank you so much for being here. And if you're listening on Spotify or Apple, would you do me a solid? Would you do mind rating and rating, rate and review this episode because that's how other singles can find us and are recommended. And I love, I'm having more and more conversations with all of you where I'm like, where did you find me? Where did you find it? And they're like finding finding us on Apple or Spotify. So that makes me incredibly excited. So thank you all so much for that. And as always, if you are on Instagram or Facebook, come on and follow me at Cat Okay. Thank you again for being here. And remember, true love is waiting for you and I will see you next time. Bye.